Folks, welcome to season two of uh, Tales from the Abyss. Tonight, um, as always, I usually start with some music. Unfortunately for me and for a lot of people that love Rafael Maldonado Reese, who live in Houston, Texas, and pass away a great friend, I decided that I had no desire to start the show with music since this whole show will be dedicated to the memory of my friend. And I have asked Jay Lenderman because he usually does the uh, Friday the 13th franchises with me and everybody's usually pretentious. They got an insider. They got an expert. I wanted to be more pretentious than everybody. And I got the ultimate weapon. I got me and Marine. Without further ado, <laughs> and in 2021, Jay Lenderman, welcome home. Welcome to Tales from the Abyss. Well, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm, I'm pretty pumped up about this and, uh, just let me say, you no. Know, sorry to hear about the loss of your friend, and uh, may all of our uh, prayers and best wishes go out to you and to uh, his family. Absolutely, Jay. This this was an incredible man. Um, we were in New Orleans, traveling down to the uh, hotel for uh, WrestleCon, which he actually had a few tables and he had some guests that he brought in. And Jay, the man had. A breakfast item. I don't know if it was a breakfast sandwich or a burrito. In one hand, he had a coffee in the other. And in front of the dashboard, he had a small TV and he had a se his season of, uh, he always traveled with it. One of his favorite shows, Married with Children. With Ed <laughs> so we're driving down and I'm looking at this man doing all of this. And he says, he turns around with a sarcastic smile. And he says, this is the one thing that I can't stand about New Orleans, the accidents. Every time I come in here, I witness seven at least. And there we go. As we're going through the bridge, we witness two accidents. Yet while all of this is going on, he has his breakfast burrito, his cup of coffee, and Married with Children is playing right in his dashboard and little TV. That is skill. So... By the time lunch rolls around, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like a little bit scared about driving somewhere uh, with him. And uh, I'm talking to him. He said, no, nah, man, he worked for United Airlines. He was working. He used to work for United Airlines. And uh, uh -huh. he said, "Nah, when I'm driving those uh, the tow trucks that take the plane to the to the terminal, he said, that's pressure. This is nothing. <laughs> so. You know, between that, uh, very funny guy. I can't say enough. I spent the entire day like a dummy in a so in my sofa crying. It was very painful to me. Unfortunately, the show must go on. And one day we'll see you again. Rafael Maldonado Ruiz, se le quiere de gratis. Vaya con Dios, amigo. Now let's get down to uh, brass taxes. Jason yes, X, sir. 2001. Science fiction slasher, director Jim Isaac, written by Todd Farmer, who is an actor and a writer. The director worked, uh, this director, which is so hard for me to take shots at this movie, but he worked in Return of the Jedi. He worked at Gremlins. He worked at uh, Arachnophobia, Look Who's Talking To, and Skinwalkers. So the film is beautiful except for the content. I, I, could, I couldn't think of people that I hate more than the people that he was killing in this one. For me, Kane Hodder saved this one. I, I agree. And 
unfortunately for me, I have Jason Lex, Jason X, as far as on my list, is probably my second least favorite. Yeah. Um, with Jason Goes to Hell being my least favorite. But uh, Jason X comes in after that. And uh, I remember a lot about this one. Um, and it, unfortunately, it's probably one of the ones I've watched the least. Um, mainly because I saw this in the theater open weekend. And I'm jazzed up about it, and uh, I was I was let down when it was done. But uh, after rewatching it um, a few years later, if you take it as just straight up cheesy sci-fi, it's actually not too bad. Correct, correct. Because it does have a like, like I said, it's hard for me to take a shot at the a director like this. Because and the writer, I mean, they were probably the writer. He was told, "Hey, here's a chunk of money. Write me this," and he did. He did yep. as he was told. Then the um, the director, the scenes were, eh, it was good settings for it. Didn't look corny like when the movie started, it started real good. It's just the actors in it that for being in a, like at some point, and I know you're a decent family man. I happen, yes. I happen not to be in at one point. I did watch Cinema, C- Cinemax After Dark. And that's <laughs> what it reminded me of. It reminded me of one of those uh, skin flakes, the Cinemax, the soft... Uh, Movies oh, where they yeah. don't show much, and yeah, because oh, yeah, the good old Skinamax. Yeah, because when that lady, the robotic lady, showed up, the android, I was like, "What is going to happen here?" <laughs> well, I mean, it's as, as far as plots to Friday the Thirteenth movies go, this is by far the one that's the most out there. Yes, um, you know, not only is it most of the movie take place in well in space, Honestly. I mean, it also takes place in the future. Yes. So it's um, you could kind of tell that maybe that creator Sean Cunningham and his writers were just trying to cook up something different to break the monotony of the previous sequels. Because by that point, it'd been tw- uh, eight years since Jason had been on screen. Yeah, this was this was the follow up to Jason Goes to Hell, right? Correct. Yeah, I think Freddy versus Jason came out about a after, year after this. After this, after this, yes. So this is basically. Um, Oh wow! This is basically like they kept on going with that whole sci-fi theme. They they wanted nothing to do with the with what made this franchise what it was. Right. I mean, and you know, sometimes change is good, but when it comes to uh, Hollywood templates and Hollywood franchises and series, you don't want to change much because you're going to throw off your fan base. Wow! They they did it with this. This. Was, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's uh. It's, I mean, I, I will say this. It does have one of my favorite uh, Jason kills in this movie. And it's the one where um, he freezes the face of one of the students um, in uh, liquid nitrogen. Yes. And so it freezes her whole face and then he slams it on the counter and it goes to bits. It, that was that was they did that good. That was a good one. That, it's hard to to forget that scene. Yeah. That is that is right up there with second to the burrito kill. Yeah, <laughs> true. And then when he appeared and they were doing the, uh, they were in that room pretending that they were fighting these aliens. Mm-hmm. The two guys were, were very obnoxious and he shows up and they figure out that this is not a make-believe character. This guy can kill you for real. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jason, I mean, he did his thing just on a spaceship. And uh, which is, you know, to be honest, if you think about it, it's probably better than Jason doing his thing on a 
cruise boat again, you know? Yes, <laughs> so, yes, yes. But uh, it was definitely a different premise. Um, I will say this, it's probably the most action-packed of the series. This one, yes, definitely. Definitely, you had people trying to fight him back. They they were all trying to do their best aliens uh, type of uh, right. mm -hmm. movie. And this was Kane Hodder's uh, fourth and final appearance as Jason. Yeah, and it's a shame, too, that that, that one was his last one. Yes. Because I would, I, would, I, would, I would completely be okay with him coming back for a future installment. For what I heard this week, he's trying to get in there and do the... Uh, the um the next one he whatever went, that'll be because i think the series is tied up with some legal battles right now so who knows when yeah i don't know if they were they were almost at the the ending process is what i read in december they were coming it was coming to an end right this, this, uh, because you know actually you know i have that friday the 13th video game on the playstation 4 yeah the, and they had stopped uh coming up with new maps and updating it because of that lawsuit as well. Oh, so that that was all involved with it. Everything is, is tied up. Yeah, everything's tied up right now. That's that's why it's been so long. I mean what the last movie we had was, was what in two thousand nine. So Wow. I have never played that game. How is it? I like it. I mean it it can get pretty boring. Um But it's fun at the same time, especially if you're a huge fan of the series, because, you know, you have different maps from different settings from the movies, and uh, you have a, a, a different Jason that kind of chases you, whether it's from, you know, part two through Jason X. And, and um, But the main goal, it's a survival uh, horror game. If you're playing as a counselor, there's certain things you, you know, You got to try to do like try to fix the phone to call for help or fix a car to drive away from the camp. And you basically it's an online game mostly. And you're on this map with several other players from wherever. And one person's picked to be Jason. And then you have 30 minutes to survive. Wow. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I've seen it on the store. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I got it, you know, fairly cheap. I didn't spend a whole lot of money on it or anything. Yeah. But, uh, it, I, mean, it was, I mean, for the 20 bucks I spend, it's, it's not bad at all. No, it's not bad. And for anybody that is in the area of Charlotte, North Carolina, on the month of February, Matt Monster Party will be doing their annual horror convention. And um, I do not work for them or have no business with them, but they will be doing their horror convention in the Concord Embassy Suites here in Charlotte. And guess what? Kane Hodder will be making an appearance as uh, his character of Jason X. Oh, nice. Yep, so you can go ahead and get a photo with him as he uh, he's going to be in costume as Jason X. Oh, wow. Uh, so which Jason, though? The Uber Jason that's at the end or the regular Jason? I would like to know. The photo that I was looking at when in their, uh, in their promos... Uh, was uh, the Uber Jason. See, that would be tight. That would be good. Yes, yes. I don't know how many times he's done that before. Every time I've seen him, he's got the older one, the one that I like. Right. The cool stuff from Part 7. But this one, yes, is because it's, it's rare. He doesn't do it all the time. So I, I would say that it's worth it. Oh, okay. I mean, Sounds cool to me. Yeah, so he's going to be there and... 
I don't know who else. I forgot who else is going to be there, but that's basically one of the big names. He's always in all the conventions. Pretty nice guy. Oh, good. I heard he was. Yeah, he's 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 very nice to everyone and very polite, man. Even though he's got that intense look in his face, like he can. Oh yeah, he looks like he could rip somebody's head off if he wanted to. Yeah, like he definitely. I've also heard this week um, that Kane, not Hotter, but Kane from WWF. Uh, oh yeah. That there were there were somebody posted something online about the news that that maybe they look at him to do the to do uh, Jason. I don't know if that is true. I don't know if he can work. I think he's a mayor or he's not a mayor. I don't know. That that's funny you said that because I read the exact same thing this morning. You read? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It came out this yeah. week where they're looking yeah. at him and. I mean, I don't mean I don't. I didn't have a problem with the guy that played Jason in the remake. To be honest, no, no, no. He he did a pretty good job. Yeah, uh, but Kane, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan as well, so I know all about some Kane. So yeah, great, but, uh, great guy. I, I was, I was. At I the, think Kane will be okay. Definitely, definitely. I would like to see Kane harder, not that Kane, but Kane harder. But Yo, if Kane they Hunter, go, yeah. if they go with with uh with uh Kane from WWE fame, um, I wouldn't mind. I forgot the man's name. God, it's been a while. I think it's isn't it Glenn Jacobs? Glenn Jacobs, a wonderful human being. I was at the shed in Tennessee in Knoxville. I went there to see um uh Shooter Jennings. He was playing with his papa's band. Okay. And I went there with this military man that I knew, this friend of mine who who, who used to be a, uh, a drill sergeant. And he was well-connected because he did things for the Wounded Wander Federation. Uh, and he was friends with them. So they gave us a VIP treatment. And we've been backstage and met all them people. And he was there. Glenn Jacobs was there. And he was like, this is... Uh, Probably like six, six, six or seven years, or maybe maybe six years ago, and wow, the people loved them there. I was like back then, before he ran for political power, I was like, if this guy runs, this guy will win. Everybody and their mother was coming in there, shaking his hand. And he was very <laughs> polite, very, very, very respectful, very good man to everybody. But he does have that 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 body and. The way that he that he's got his face and stuff, I could see them making a Jason out of him if he wanted to go in that direction. Absolutely. I mean, if, if I don't know if he, like you said, I don't know if he still does movies anymore or not. Or I know he's got a a book that just came out recently. I haven't read it yet, but um, but I think Kane would be okay as Jason. I wouldn't have any problem with that whatsoever. Because they need they need a. Uh... They need to get this thing started again. I don't want them. I hope they stay away from the science fiction and just go back to the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, sci-fi Jason needs to be thrown in the toilet and getting rid of quick. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Did, did you. Uh, did you ever watch that series? Uh, American Horror Story. God, man, we're thinking alike tonight because I was going to tell you that I just finished the newest season. Um, 1984. 1984, that's like the slasher film? Yes. Yeah, I just finished it like a week and a half ago. That was uh, that was a joyride. I liked it. it. I mean, it was definitely what it was supposed to be. Yes, they capture all of that to perfection. I mean, to a T. It, is, it was very good. They had so many references, so many different killers in there. Oh, I know. That everything from the Night Stalker to, uh, I mean, just all kinds of stuff in there. 
Yes, and the main killer, the guy that was the father who really didn't kill, but then he, that she made him believe. Right. He was also based on another guy that was a a, a, a killer in, San, in in the California area. And yeah, there was a a lot of uh, a lot of the slashers were in there. All the uh, man, a lot of killers that that. that yeah. Yeah, a lot of serial killers that were inspiring there. And then the whole slasher in the woods and the camp. Remind me of Friday the 13th. Oh, that's exactly what it reminded me of to a T. Yeah. I mean, it's... I thought, it was a, I thought it was a good season. Now, I have not seen all the seasons of American Horror Story. I've only seen a few. Uh, yeah, I've seen. I've only seen that one. I've seen the political one where everybody's going kind of crazy and it's just playing with people's mind. And that one has a lot of crazy interpretations and a hell of, a lot of the things that are going on today and well I, I saw the first season when it first came out and uh went back and watched it uh, a couple of years ago and I, re i thought the first season was good um and then i watched the second season which i believe is the asylum season yes, yes. and i thought that was better than the first season it to was be honest. it was but then i just kind of lost touch with it but then when i saw what they were doing with the newest season 1984 i was like you know i'm all in yeah i've seen <laughs> the, the clowns and after the clowns one with the clowns and the uh they were going like like in a circus or something that was yeah. the freak, oh, uh, freak, freak yeah show. that one and then the uh the recent one, the one where people were going crazy because of political... Uh, right, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, that one is pretty pretty intense. It does it does tell you, uh, uh, basically it's about, you follow this fanatical people and you have to make your own decisions, which is what, what Americans do at one point and they did it better than anybody else. They could choose right from wrong. Right. Which is the reason why I, I'm not telling anybody who they have to believe in, But I am a big defender of freedom of speech because freedom of speech gives you the ability to see who's right and who's wrong. You can listen to people and tell this is somebody that I wouldn't follow. That's right. That is, you are 110% <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? If there was all kind of extremists out there, some kind of an extremist person teaching me hate, I would be like, no, that's somebody that I know better than not to follow. <laughs> yeah. Somebody telling me to break the law or something, but... You know, if you don't have that, then you won't you won't be able to distinguish anything in the future, unfortunately. And that's that's basically where we're going. And this has nothing to do with political power. This has to do with common sense. <laughs> yep, most most of the times it does anyway. Yep. So Jay, here we go with um, Friday the Thirteenth, two thousand and nine. Okay. The the remake director Marcus. Nice spell. I hope I'm not butchering his, his last name any more than he actually butchered the uh, character in this one. New Line, uh, New Line released in uh, in North America. They were I don't know how this one was working, but maybe this is where they were starting to get into some kind of a legal problem because New Line released this movie in North America, but Paramount Pictures released it internationally. And only Freddy vs. Jason grossed more than this movie in the entire franchise. This one brought in $92.7 million on a budget of $19 million bucks. Well, you see, I think one of the main reasons why the reboot actually became successful is because by 2009, I mean, 
you watch that first movie trailer and you see Jason and you've hooked the people, you've hooked the public. And if I recall, that first weekend set box office records. It did. And um, for a horror film, so people were just itching to see Jason on the screen again. The problem was they just didn't get the movie to live up to the hype. Nope. And it was a new generation. You know, the people are a certain age. Their parents are a certain age. And they were like, if you're sitting there and you're 42 and you got a child that is, or not a child, but already almost a grown up uh, man or women that is 19 or 18 years old and you're going to the movies and you're like, this is like what mama watched years ago. And Yep. So I mean, it, it's just, I wish it could have been, you know, I, I, from what I've read and some like um, DVD special feature stuff they were trying to do a combination of like the first four movies yes they for and, me and, they they piled too much into it yeah there was just a lot going on and these Friday the 13th movies don't need a whole lot of stuff happening I mean it's just, <laughs> it's very simple and for a 90 minute movie they try to they try to make a two and a half hour movie in a condensed yeah, this, this, 90 minutes. This is not the Godfather or or, or any kind of a three-hour yeah. epic. This is something yeah. that you already have the formula. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And basically what I didn't like about it, wow, here we go again. This is like the cast of characters that I really dislike. <laughs> yeah. yeah, most of the people in this movie... I didn't care for at all. They are so obnoxious. Listen, we live in a world where I can smoke pot because, um, well, I have allergies. I'm highly allergic to smoke. However, uh, if you're, if you, and I know you're a family man and stuff, and maybe you and me, maybe we don't, we don't, we don't do it, and that's that's fine. Some people do. I don't have a problem with it. Okay. But I like it when people do it more naturally. Like there's a movie. There's something about Mary, an old comedy. Oh, yeah, great movie. Uh Uh-huh, and Ben Stiller is sitting next to Cameron Diaz on top of a car. Smoking a joint. Smoking a joint, but they don't talk about it. They don't don't go ahead and chop the whole thing down your throat. I understand. You're standing there, have a conversation. And this one, you have this kid with dreadlocks, just everything is marijuana, marijuana. Like, people that smoke pot don't, don't actually act like this. A lot of them, maybe in California, I don't know. agree with you i mean that kind of stuff that was they took all uh, all of the famous gratuitous stuff that you would see in the original films and then they they just kind of amped it up a notch and they kicked it up a notch and tried to they just really overdid it and it wasn't just the uh regular teenager stuff as far as the drinking and and the drugs but the character jason himself was taken up a notch and I don't understand those little Vietnam War bunkers he had. He had it well done. He had a tunnel. He had the little jail cells. He had a... It reminded me, I don't know if you've seen the latest Rambo movie, Rambo Last Blood. Yes, yes, yes. That's kind of what it was like. (laughs) That was, yeah, that's what he had. He was like, like, like for a guy that was in the woods all this time that we have gotten used to seeing him being a... This weird, weird zombie destruction machine. And in this one, we have this guy with somewhat of a long hair that looks yep. like he went to, to the war and got some kind of a mental uh, chunk from him. And he's just a recluse. And he's just there in this bunker, like already kidnapping 
this girl. We don't know why he's kidnapping them. We don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, there's this, like I said, I wish it could have been done better because the director of this movie, uh, Marcus Nithil, he also did the Texas Chainsaw remake, I And think. that one was great. And that was really good. Yes. Uh, he also did a Conan the Barbarian remake, which was not so good. <laughs> yeah, Conan the Barbarian, the 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 one with uh with the Aquaman Jason, guy. Yeah, with Jason Momoa's in Jason it. Jason Momoa, yeah, no, that one was that wasn't it. You got to do uh, Conan. Oh, it was that was that was bad. That's like the kind of movie I would show to my kids as punishment. Yes, yes, that's not a movie that that that's not <laughs> like the uh, the the Red Sonja or. Uh, Conan the Barbarian. The, uh, what's that whole Kogan movie, No Holds Barred? It's like that, that. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's, it's, but it's even worse than that. <laughs> well, at least No Holds Barred's got some unintentional humor. <laughs> at least it has one of the greatest uh, wrestlers ever in it. Stan oh, Hansen. Kogan and Zeus. Huh? You talking about Zeus? No, Stan Hansen. Oh, that's right. Stendelaria. Stendelaria Hansen was in a Japanese, uh, Japanese uh, New Japan legend. He wrestled, uh, he wrestled in Japan and made a name for himself. I've seen him wrestle when I live in Puerto Rico. He wrestled and he was a madman and mayhem man. And in the United States, that was his home. For some reason, he was pretty tame. Oh, I've got some great memories about Stan Hansen. I really do. I mean, they probably don't go. The memories I have of him, you know, I've never really seen any matches with him in Japan. Unfortunately, I guess I could probably go on YouTube, YouTube and watch them. Yeah, some. you can you can go on YouTube and watch them all. And uh, but the first memory I have of Stan Hansen was around 1990ish, and he defeated Lex Luger in the early early days of WCW. He defeated Lex Luger for the U.S. title. Yes, and they 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 got rid of him right after uh, not not too long after that. They got rid of yeah. him. They said he was a little bit stiff for them, and I'm pretty sure Lex didn't like him too much. And his yeah. style oh, was. Well, I've heard some bad stories about Lex Luger. Of course, I've never been in that business. So I don't know if they're all true. But, yeah, you know, I, I read I read I read a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any friends that I got friends, but not friends that are connected to him in any way or form. But I do have a very good friend of mine that lives in Florida. And mm -hmm. he actually was what is known as a carpenter or a jabber, a man that showed the uh, the big stars. He takes a beating every week. When we were kids, we said that we were getting killed. And mm -hmm. he wrestled Stan. And he told me that the guy was a little bit, he did have that problem that he, he needed glasses. <laughs> but he was a true professional and knew what he was doing. He wouldn't, he wasn't as, as rough as people make him out to do, like trying to hurt people or nothing like that. But he did. He, when he grabbed that microphone, he did come across as he was some crazy, crazy cowboy. I just remember that big old wad of chewing tobacco he had in his mouth. Yeah, and he was spitting all over the place. He did it in the That'd movie, too. All over his chest, all over his back. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, man, this dude is freaking gross. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was. And then he partnered with my favorite wrestler of all time, Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. I do remember him in world class now that Fritz Von Erich's yeah. territory. That's where he wrestled Abdullah the Busher a lot and he wrestled uh, yeah. one man gang. Yeah, those those yeah. were the days, man. Oh, you can I grew up on it. I mean, there's probably a, a a solid five year period where I didn't miss wrestling. <laughs> I didn't miss it at all. Nah, we could have that was that was back in the day when they had world class uh 
the AWA. AWA that would come in on ESPN. Uh, Mid South. Mid South. Uh, Championship Wrestling from Florida was one. I, I never got to see that one. I, I read about it in the magazines because I collected the magazines, but I never. Yeah. Well, when I when I picked it up, they were kind of on their last legs. But I remember my dad telling me about Dusty Rhodes down there and everything. Yeah, he was a star. Yeah, he was a huge star. And the Graham brothers. Yeah, uh, the Briscoe brothers wrestled down there too. Yeah. Uh, actually, the Briscoe brothers owned part of Georgia Championship Wrestling. Uh, back in the seventies and way early eighties, before they sold it to the uh, what's the name? They of sold it to Crockett. Uh, Jim Jim Crockett. Yeah, he's got a ballpark over here. Named oh, does he? Yeah, they say the old NWA offices were here and. Uh, oh wow! Down. Somebody showed me the building downtown Charlotte. They had an office. Of course, now you don't have nothing like that here. Like they right. have a good wrestling promotion called PWX, but. You don't have okay. uh, offices like that. I guess you have the McMahon building in Stanford, but... Yeah. Yeah, whatever. AEW's got their offices in Florida, but... Wow, what a, what a, what a great uh, memories of those days in wrestling. Wrestling was such a big part of uh, of storytelling and evil versus good. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was... I had a set schedule when I was a kid for wrestling every single week, and... Every time my dad used to take me to, you know, one of the old video stores, I was renting a wrestling video every Saturday. Um, and then with me born and raised and still live in Georgia, uh, I mean, this was NWA Jim Crockett yep. country. That was, that was a hot bed. I, um, God, I, I can remember going as far back when I was about three, four years old, going to watch Tommy Wildfire Ridge. Wow. Um, him and Buzz Sawyer. Wow. Um, so that was they were wrestling with Georgia Championship Wrestling back in the day, but um, stuff like that. So it, uh, I'm from Macon, Georgia. So they came to the Macon Coliseum probably about once every couple months. Yeah, you could hear it on their tours. You could, if you watch the old shows, you can still we're coming to Macon. Yep, I mean that's and every time they came, my dad took me, and we had our favorite guys. You know, yeah. NWA. Um, I was a big Sting fan, still am. Um, but as I grew older, I became a huge Ric Flair fan. Um, my dad was always a Ric Flair fan. In the WWF, we cheered for the Ultimate Warrior a lot. Um, I was never fully on board with Hulkamania. That wasn't your thing? No, I was. my guy was the Ultimate Warrior and the Macho Man. I love the Macho Man. Yeah, Macho Man is just not only a great wrestler, but such an entertainer. Yeah, he could he could do it all. I mean, the way he spoke and oh yeah, you know, yeah, like there was nothing cartoon like about him, but yet he was an over the top figure. Yeah, I mean, especially in the day of over the top figures. I mean, yeah. everybody had a gimmick and was kind of like a live action cartoon. And meanwhile, there were two wrestlers I can think of that weren't really kind of like that, and that was Macho Man, actually three, Macho Man, Jake the Snake, and Ricky the Dragon. Definitely, definitely those three. Jake the Snake, when he got into that, uh, when he got that microphone, he made you believe whatever he wanted. Oh, yeah, he had that, that, that kind of low, slow, grovel voice. Yeah. And 
and he looked in the camera and you're like, man, this guy's cold. He said, <laughs> this guy's this guy's cold blooded. He said, to know to know where I'm going, you gotta know where I've been, and you don't want to know where I've been. <laughs> I know. <laughs> people I would know. just people would just buy it. People would go hysterically crazy about it. Oh, I know, and you know, he never held a major title in the old WWE days. So. No, they say that some people never needed the belt. Some people needed yeah. the belt for exposure and for credibility, but he was one of those people that managed that microphone so good. See, another one of my favorites around that time frame was Roddy Piper. And yeah. Roddy Piper never really held a major belt. Well, he had the Intercontinental title for like three or four months at one point. On an but. incredible match that he had with Bret Hart. Yeah, WrestleMania eight, I think it was. I don't, I don't remember if it was WrestleMania or SummerSlam, but I, I think it was WrestleMania eight, if I believe. Wow. Because I think it was right after that match, Roddy Piper left for a little while. Yeah, and then you had um, uh, and there, let me see who else you had in there that I was obsessed with. Uh, well, you had you had a uh, Piper, you had Pi- Piper. I met him here, a wonderful man. I heard he was uh, uh, just a super nice man. I mean, rest in peace. And yeah, rest in when, peace. Very when nice. he when he passed away, that actually that that one actually like legitimately hurt. <laughs> yeah, I was at uh, you know what, where I was at when he when when he unfortunately passed away. I was here at the uh, Charlotte Legends reunion. Oh, Jim Ross was there. One of the greatest uh, professional wrestling journalists in the United States of America, men by the name of Mike Mooneyham, who writes for the uh, Post and Courier in Charleston, South Carolina. He was oh, getting okay. inducted into a Hall of Fame, and they had a lot of other wrestlers in there, and a lot of it was it was big. The news got in there when we were all headed to a uh, ballroom to eat, and the people were very sad. Man, it was it was ugly. Oh yeah, I was. Uh, I remember it too I, I was hurt by it. And here's the weird thing too is not long before he passed away, I um I had just gotten the WWE network. Oh yeah. And I went back and had just watched their little attempt at real at reality T V with their legend Legends House series. Legends House, yeah. The, the the Roddy was there, I think uh Mean Gene. Mean Gene. Hexel Jim Duggan was there. Pat Patterson. Yes. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Hart. Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas, yep. Wow. Yep. I went back and watched that, and or I watched that for the first time, and then Piper passed away like a week and a half later. And mm. and now, uh, since then, Pat Patterson and me, Gene, have passed away too. Yeah, Patterson passed away a few weeks back. Me and Gene passed away, I believe it was... Uh, two About seven, two years ago. Two, oh, okay, it's been that long. Yeah, it's been about two years because uh, Mean Gene, you know, was one, another one of those guys I grew up with. Oh, Mean Gene, if you go to YouTube and you watch Mean Gene outtakes, like funny interviews where he would break and laugh. Yeah. Oh, it's hysterical because they would make him laugh. The wrestler would say some over-the-top thing or he would mess something up. And they got the outtakes in there. I've spent like half an hour watching those things, and they're just hilarious what that man <laughs> I have to go back and watch. Yeah, you would. Anybody, you don't even have to be a wrestling fan to go to YouTube and watch the Mean Gene interview outtakes where he would just burst laughing. Somebody would say (laughs) something that would be like double meaning and not even notice it, and he would just break into laughter. And they, I guess, they would have to retake the show. Right. And you know who else I love from your area that wrestle a lot over there? And I was watching it on YouTube the other night. uh, uh, The Boogeyman, Jimmy Ballion. 
Boogeyman. I remember him. Yeah, he had that battle with uh he still comes over here. I see him every time he comes every year he comes over here. He's skinny now, very skinny. Oh right. And uh he had a war with a man named Pistol Pest Watley. I remember that name as well. And and uh Paul Jones, number one Paul Jones. Okay. Wow, what memories, memories, yeah. memories. I mean, I, I, I could go on about wrestling for days, and, you know, I still have that WWE network, and every once in a while, I'll find myself at night and have me a nice cold beer, and I'll put it on some old school wrestling for a little while. I used to I used to own it. I used to own it. I, I spent hours watching Smoky Mountain Wrestling and the world-class wrestling. I love world-class. Yeah, um, world-class was just unique. That, that Von Eric Freeberg feud oh, is, is amazing. It is. I was watching. I mean, if if you want to talk about great wrestling rivalries, which there's a there's a bunch of them, yeah. but that one's. I mean, it's got to be in your top two or three. Yes, I was watching a bootleg video of the Road Warriors fighting the uh, with with Paul Erling, fight, <sighs> fighting the the. Uh, Fighting the Freebirds, and the Freebirds came in with their face painted with the rebel flag. I remember that too. Yeah, I oh. think that was like a super class show or something. Yeah, like that. but I think now you can't have you can't have that match at the network because of the face paint. Yeah, <laughs> which they really yeah. they really didn't do it because of no races or deal. They did oh, it because they no, wanted. They did it because that was their gimmick. Yeah, they, they wanted were... to get on their people's skin. Yeah, <laughs> they did I mean, it so they were, well. They were rednecks. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> they, that's that's their character. They played this yeah. over the top Georgia rednecks, obnoxious as can be, and then they went in the ring and they backed it up. With oh a, man, I had some good memories about the Road Warriors too. Oh man, I saw the Road Warriors one time in person. They were they took on Terry Funk and Dory Funk. Oh wow, the Funks, huh? Everybody in ringside had their share demolished because they started throwing shares all over the place. The people in ringside started running around. Next thing you know, it was all mayhem broke loose. And next thing you know, the road warriors just jumped in their helicopter and left the ballpark. Because <laughs> they would show up in, in a helicopter. They were, there was such a big demand for them. Yeah. He recently passed away, unfortunately. Uh, the last yeah, animal. Animal. Yeah, I saw. So they're both now gone, unfortunately. Both of them, unfortunately, are both gone. We're losing all our heroes, man, unfortunately. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's you know, and then years past, we've lost others like British Bulldog and yes. you know, Rick Rude. Um, uh, probably, oh gosh, it's probably been 15, 20 years. But still, you know, I grew up watching a lot of those guys. And um, I remember playing his day watching British Bulldog and, Bret Hart at SummerSlam 92. That was a hell of a match. That easily the best match Bulldogs ever had. Probably. The guy was, the guy could go. He could go. He just got hurt at the end and had to do a lot of, uh, yeah. his, you know, less movement like he did on that match. His son looked just like him. Oh, I know. Exactly like him. And it's a powerhouse. <laughs> and uh, an Ultimate Warrior passed away and that was my favorite as a kid. Yeah, because he, he was like a superhero come to life. Oh man, I can like I can sit here and and tell you about any match he was in because you know you know as technology got better and you're able you're able to go back and watch matches you hadn't seen before and and so it, I love the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, he was not. I mean, everybody knows he was not the best wrestler at all. I mean, yeah. by far, um, was not the best wrestler. But you know, he was a cool character. 
and he captured a lot of you know young kids' imaginations, and especially at a time when Hulk when Hulkamania was still fairly was still pretty popular. Yeah. Um. So it was cool to see Ultimate Warrior come in and do that, and unfortunately, I know I've you know people have said that he was not a very nice person to work with. Oh, uh, that's where I was going to tell you. There is a man. There is a man that you can see on your old videos. His name is Jose Estrada. Uh-huh. He did a lot of the carpenter work, which is doing a lot of jobs, and then he won a lot of matches. He was also a member of uh, the Conquistadors or Solid Gold. I don't know which one they went by. I think it was the Conquistadors for a little bit. Did they all dress? I remember them. Yeah, well, he was a member of that. He was one of my first image in wrestling when I was a kid because he used to have a character named the Super Medic. Well, Savio Vega, I don't know if you know him. I know who he is, yep. Savio's a personal friend, but his brother is also a friend of mine. His brother has a podcast, and last week he had this man named Jose Estrada in his podcast. Uh And Jose Estrada saying that anybody that wants to say, and Jose Estrada's a very serious man. There's somebody that if he tells me something about pro wrestling, I will take him very seriously. He was in the WWF working for many years. And he said that if anybody wants to say anything bad about a warrior, that they can come and tell him to his face. He says they were all envious of him and they made him that. They made him act a certain way. They also tried to get the guy to have bad advice and had him one time go and ask for more money, like a setup, to make him look bad in front of the boss. So in that business, there's a lot of envy. I believe Jose Estrada when he tells me that because he's a very serious man. He's a very kind man, and he would never just go around telling you something that is not true. His reputation is impeccable as far as I'm concerned. But it's oh, funny well, that you absolutely, say that. Absolutely. Take his word for it. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that because uh, that one came up because a lot of people say that. They even did a video about him one time at the WWF. It was oh, called. Oh, yeah. They said. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and uh, but however, it, it was very cool to see for him to kind of come back before he passed away. Yes, so yes, that was awesome. Um, the only reason I got the WWE Network to begin with was so I could watch that Hall of Fame ceremony when where he... Ultimate Warrior went into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, because that, 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 that was that was at WrestleMania thirty. Yeah, days before he passed away. Yeah, and then he went and did a Monday Night Raw, and then he passed away the next day. The next day when he was going, he was walking in the parking lot of a hotel. Yeah, so that's very, very uh, tragic ending, but at the same time, it looked like he, could, he possibly could have, you know, uh, right a lot of wrongs that, that may have occurred before. Yeah, yeah, because he went in there and he made peace with everybody. He was talking to Hogan and he talked to all of right. them and... Yeah, so that was that, that was that's good. cool. But that was another wrestler I'm, uh, that hurt when passed away because I was a huge Warrior fan he and was, still am. I, I've got his Blu-rays and everything. Wow, so. he was the only wrestler in the history of of professional wrestling that actually got to go out there and actually like recite his own obituary. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, he got to say bye to everybody, man. That's that's that was insane. Yeah, I mean, it was very cool to see him back and. Man, I could go on all day. There's so many, so many wrestlers I grew up watching and liked, and you know. And then of course there were some I hated, and um, and then there were periods throughout my life too where I, I got out of wrestling because it just got very monotonous and boring, and 
just wasn't very good. But then there'd be periods where it'd get good again. Yeah, like right now, like I could watch the WWF, I mean WWE before they sue me. Um, <laughs> uh, I could watch it just to watch Bray Wyatt. But after that, I'm not really like intrigued by anybody else. Well, in my opinion, the WWE started getting good again around 2013 time frame. Uh -huh. um, that was the time of when The Shield with Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, <clears throat> Seth Rollins were coming up, uh, Daniel Bryan was coming up at the time, and Daniel Bryan became huge. Yes. And uh, to be honest, that's easily the biggest star that they have had in a really long time. And other than John Cena, I know John Cena was big for a while, but he was going, he was growing really stale by then. And, um, but it got interesting again. And one of my favorite guys who's, in my opinion, very underrated is Dolph Ziggler. Um, he wrestled, he's had some really good matches. He is. And he's a comedian. He goes on tour and does comedy. Yeah, I read about that. I heard that he was doing that. Yeah, now. I saw him. I saw some. I saw some of his work on YouTube. So he's a very talented man. They got they got the talent. They just for some reason they just don't know how to use those guys. And it's sad because they have network television now. Yep. They're on Fox. Every Friday. So and to be honest, I was watching the you know that new organization AEW. I watch that. Sometimes I get caught up watching that and I finish the whole show and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I watched an entire two hours of wrestling. Oh, I know. It's, it's really good. I like it. I like it a lot. Because it had, for some reason, it has veterans that allow them, the, 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 the young guys, maybe they give them some advice, but they yeah. try to allow them to fail or survive out there on their own merit and on their own skills and be an extension of who they are instead yeah. of coming across as phony that somebody's reciting in their ear what to say. Right. Yep. Yes. I, mean, it, I don't know if they still have this promotion, but did you ever watch Lucha Underground? No, Lucha Underground is, is no longer in, in circulation. I'm friends with uh with Mil Mortis. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to sound I pretentious. Loved Lucha Underground. Yeah, that was exciting, even though they did some over the top things after a while, but Well, I know their their first season was epic. It was yes. spot on. Yes, it was I, I really enjoyed Lucha Underground. On El Rey Network. Oh, yeah. And it's on Netflix now, too, I think. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I wish they bring it back, but now yeah, I know I liked that, it. I, know I liked it mainly because at the time, there wasn't an AEW or anything else, and the WWE had gotten bad. Very bad. So it was it was good to see some... But now WWE is doing a lot of the... Uh, they're doing a lot of the things that Lucia Underground was doing, the movie-style... Uh, Luke oh yeah matches yeah. yeah 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 well i mean they gotta do something i guess to stay afloat um and oh did you see recently uh, a wrestler a wrestler just passed away uh, recently was it braun Strowman? no it was uh uh brody brody lee brody lee but no braun Strowman I, is from here from north carolina he's alive okay. and well it was a well i know he was a member of the old firefly yes. Family. Yeah, he was he was a member of the uh, of the the Wyatt family. This gentleman who uh, he had a he contracted a lungs disease, and mm -hmm. they, for what I read online, they couldn't they couldn't. By the time they discover everything, it was already too late. They they uh. they couldn't get. Yeah, he was a very talented man. He looked like uh, he looked like a little bit from a distance. He had that Bruiser Brody feature, the long black hair and the big 
beer, and he was uh, Bray Wyatt's basically right hand man in that group. Yeah. Oh man, he was a massive dude too, a massive guy. And then he went to AEW, and he had a final match over there, a chain match with a Cody Rhodes. And mm -hmm. after that, he was starting to have those lung problems, and nobody saw him. And, you know, wrestling, you think that maybe he's injured or something like that, but he was unfortunately terribly ill. Well, I hate to see someone like that pass away early, so. Absolutely. But, uh, We hate to see anybody pass away in these days, but I don't oh, know. Yeah. This is... uh. Well, we're here fighting. We we um we don't give up, but um unfortunately that is life and it hurts us when we lose friends. Like I said, for me it part of me dies Saturday because I'm not somebody that anybody can be friends with. I'm not special. I'm just not uh I'm one of those people that if you see me doing something stupid drunk and I'm not hurting anybody, I'm the type of person that you should allow me to go sleep it off and I'll be back to normal. I hear you. Like, I you don't even that. bother saying, you know what he did last night? You know what you did last night? Because I already yeah. know I did something stupid if I got that that damn stupid drunk. <laughs> you know, I don't get drunk like that, but if I did, that's that's just me. Well, don't worry, buddy. I'm still recovering from New Year's Eve, so. <laughs> you had you, you had a you had a, a nice a nice evening? Oh, man, we, New Year's Eve, I had two Marine buddies come and visit. Oh, and wow. One of them I hadn't seen in probably about 10 years. And um, they came to my house, and I had some other friends came over, and we just did it up and drank way too much. and But we all had an excellent, wonderful time, and thank you to my wife for letting me do it. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to the U.S. government for not sending the, uh, the Georgia government for not sending somebody over there and arrest you for having a party in your house. Oh, I know, right? Well, I mean, it was, uh, we had a blast. Not going to lie to you. We just had a great time. Um, but, 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 you know, we, we probably had a little too much, especially with me, 41. I cannot recover like I used to. No, once you start hitting them late 30s. Yeah. Hey, it gets, it gets a little bit tricky to. Uh... Oh, you kidding me? I'm popping Trilosec and down in Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and for me, it's kind of weird. If I'm drinking in a uh, in a happy mood and I drink excessively, that's when I get those long hangovers. If I'm drinking and I'm in a bad mood, I don't get the hangover. I hear you. I don't know why. I can see that. I don't know why. But, yeah, I started drinking that day at 11.30. And about eight o'clock, I shut it down and I go do some some other stuff and I pass out peacefully. And I hear you. No, we day. kept it going. I think me and my buddy Arthur, we were up till 4 a.m. Easy. Wow. And we were down in mimosas. Wow. <laughs> so when I came to the next day, man, it was rough. <laughs> it was a it was a, a crazy New Year's with all this pandemic. Yeah, it was rough. I mean, it was. Don't get me wrong. I had a blast, and it was good to see my buddies. No, um, I understand. That. I don't get to see all the time, and you know, talk stories and some of the crazy shit we used to do. And um, it was just, it was really good to see them. Now, I don't plan on drinking that much ever again but, <laughs> until next year. <laughs> but uh, it, it was fun nonetheless, and we were able to ring in the good year on a on a good note. That's good, man. I'm happy for you guys. You guys deserve it. So, Jay, to, um, to shut it down in here with this uh, Friday the 13th, I got the Jason, he became a stalker, the whole scene. Like you said, they try to cramp four stories yeah. all into one. And 
Wow, I guess with 92.7 millions, um, I don't know what to say because this basically that kind of money and they invested 19 million. It basically trumps anything that can come out of my mouth, but a movie I really didn't like. No, I mean, at first I thought it was okay when I first saw it, but I think that was mainly because I was just so happy to see a Friday the 13th movie again. Yes. <laughs> but... You know, over the years, I've I've gone back and rewatched it a couple times, and to be honest, the movie looks pretty good. Like it, no, the only definitely the, the footage only is thing good. I didn't like about it was a lot of those night scenes were way too dark. Yes. Um, but for the most part, I mean, the movie looked pretty good. But it's just the story was just all over the place. The characters were annoying. Um. There was just a lot of stuff, like we just talked about, there was just a lot of stuff thrown in there for mainly no reason, because why not try to, you know, come up with something original, um, because the stories that they were trying to, you know, all throw in there, we've seen before. Yes. So, but I don't know, I'm hoping whenever they get their legal stuff worked out, we'll, we'll get a proper remake or reboot or whatever they decide to do. Hey, if they did that, uh, if they, they brought back Halloween in fashion i think they can do the same for this and i agree and another sad thing was that because I, I watched a couple um minutes of it the other night i want i was watching some of the uh, nightmare on elm street remake yes and the guy that plays freddy krueger in that movie is actually pretty good it's that the movie is terrible the movie's terrible but he did a good job yeah i liked his portrayal he was very dark and sinister jackie is his name jackie something he was in a watchman <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, he was uh, Rorschach and Watchmen. Yes. Um, Jackie, Jackie Haley, something like that. Yeah, I think I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah, he was very good as a as a Freddy Krueger because I don't see uh, Robert England doing it again. I think, unfortunately, I think he's just gotten maybe a little too old. Yeah, people get old, man. You, I mean, you got to move on. But if you're gonna do that uh, Freddy Krueger character, I mean, the, you basically have to do him like. Uh, over-the-top, Bucks Bunny style of comedy, like people getting killed and something sloppy and outrageous, and then some joke, corny jokes, but then it gets real nasty when they start uh, slashing people. Uh, oh, my goodness. You know, they just put a lot of those Nightmare on the Elm Street movies on HBO Max, and um, I was watching, I think, the part of the second one not too long ago, and I got halfway through it because it was late and I was getting ready to go to bed, and... Um, Get about halfway through it, and that part too, man, that is a different kind of horror movie. It's just all over the place. It is. It is. I like I literally. I mean, it's just I, don't, I. I can't figure out what kind of movie it wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is. They definitely had it. Like it was. It was not. It was not well done. I think the favorite from everybody is a uh, part four. Part three is my favorite. Part three and four had uh that was yeah. the, 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 the the guys, the children that uh the, Yeah, uh part three was yeah, the Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. And then four was the Dream Master. The Dream Master. That's everybody's favorite, those two. Yeah, the three is definitely hands down my second favorite in that series, other than the original. Um but I mean, I like Wes Craven's new nightmare too. I thought it was a cool take on things. Yeah, no, definitely definitely. That one and going back to uh Mr. Who was it? Mr. Marcus over Mr. here, the director of uh, yeah. Friday the 13th, doing that remake of. Uh, he did great on that remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, I would have never said that movie was uh, 
was good because how can you do something a remake of of a classic like the first one and do something good? I mean, yeah, I love the remake. Yes, uh, I mean it's by far the best Chainsaw movie since the original. Absolutely. And, I mean, hands down. And um, I thought it was good. Now the follow up, they actually they did a prequel to that one. Yes. Um, which I've seen, and I thought it was decent. I didn't think it was terrible. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And then they got um, a little bit too crazy. I was about to say, they got a little, a little bit too nuts there. Yeah, because they start humanizing this wild characters with, hey, cousin, like you can control him and this and that. And I didn't, I didn't enjoy it after a while. It's like seeing this, this uh, Jason character on this 2019 kidnapping people and putting them in little uh, cages and <laughs> having a bunch of uh, tools that he probably didn't go to Sears and buy. No. Uh, yeah. The 2009 remake, um, you know, it's one of those films that I really wish could have been better. Yeah. Uh, it's like, how much, how much, I mean, like, did this people ever sat down and said, let me watch the, some of this Friday the 13th movies and see if I can... Well, like, apparently, I think the guys that wrote the remake, the '09 remake, wrote Friday, uh, wrote um, Freddy versus Jason. Yes, which Freddy versus Jason is one that you and I are going to do in the future. Sure. Because we want to do that one by itself, and that one is a very good one. I like it. I, uh, you want to talk about definition of mindless entertainment? It would be that movie. Yes. How about the uh, the one that I recommended to you, the 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 owners? Have you seen that yet? If you like Last House on the Left, you would definitely love that. Um, I just watched a very good documentary series on Netflix called The Night Stalker about the the uh, killer in the mid-80s in Los Angeles. Yes, 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 uh, yes. Very well done documentary series on Netflix. Um, it's very creepy and dark. Um, it, it's very, very good. So I recommend it to anybody. I got to check that out. So yep. Jay, it's, this is our fine our our first show from season two. We're gonna wrap it up, and we'll definitely this won't be the first or the last time. I'm, we're, we're, you and I are gonna be able to do a show once a month. This this year is what I'm trying to do. Sounds great. So let's send everybody home and let's uh, remember what was a great man, a great father, a great son, a great husband, my friend that worked at United in Houston, Texas, Rafael Maldonado Reese. Never will you be forgotten as long as I'm alive in this earth and you were a great friend and I will forever miss you. This show was totally dedicated to him and it's funny that organically Jay Lenderman and I talk about wrestling, which was the thing that made me and Raphael become such good friends. Well, there you go. That's Perfect. crazy. Good timing. So on behalf of Jay Lenderman... I am Pablo Rojo reminding you all that somewhere between good and evil, you will find me bringing you the tales from the abyss. See you next week.